Yeah. All right. Let's go. Okay. Awesome, everybody. Welcome back to another segment of Football Talk. These are the episodes where I invite guests on to just simply talk about football, the greatest sport ever. So we love to have good conversations here and all things football. So that's what we're aiming to do with this segment as well. And my name is Garrett, and this is All Things Football. Okay, so I am joined again by my cousin, Chase. Um, he was the first guest on the first episode of Football Talk. So welcome back, man. Welcome back, man. I'm glad to be back. Good, good. So, all right, bro, you know how this works. So today um, we're just going to be discussing the recent position rankings that ESPN released. Um, specifically, yeah. we'll be discussing the rankings of the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and cornerback position. Now, I think it is important to note before we get started that this wasn't ESPN like specifically, but that they pulled 50 NFL executives around the entire league, and this was the pedigree of what they came up with. So, I mean, obviously there's a lot of controversy here. Uh, I think a lot of this is looking at these players through a very selective lens, right? Yeah. Let's go ahead and break it down. So we're going to start with the quarterbacks, Chase. So in your opinion on this um, list – um, I guess I'll let everybody know um, on this ranking that um, ESPN came out. They have Patrick Mahomes at number one, Russell Wilson at number two, Aaron Rodgers at number three, Deshaun Watson at number four, Drew Brees at number five, Lamar Jackson at number six, Tom Brady at number seven, Carson Wentz at number eight, Dak Prescott at number nine, and Matthew Stafford at number 10. So in your opinion, Chase, is too high, too low, or is just right? Well, um, well, the first three, I think, is a pretty universal just right. That's the exact three. I would have put them in, Mahomes, Wilson, Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um, one other person I think is too low It would be Dak. I think Dak's uh, – I, I have him seventh on my list. I think, you know, you can make a case for maybe even six or seven or six or five. I wouldn't – I mean, that's a little high, but – I think I think Dak being under people like uh, Tom Brady and Carson Wentz is a little, little laughable in my opinion. Uh, Matthew Stafford being in the top ten just blows <laughs> my mind. But um, I'm not too too complacent. Uh, Drew Brees, he, they have him fifth. That's a little low for him. I think I, I think I don't think there's too many people to put him. He's not that that far behind the top three. And they have Watson at five, right? Oh, Watson's at four. They have Breeze at five, Watson oh, yeah, at four. Yeah, Drew Brees at five. Yeah, so Watson at four is, is probably the biggest shock to me to think that Watson is actually better than Dak. Yeah, okay. That's a, <laughs> you said you were coming with hot takes. That's a that's a hot take. Yeah. So what are, so I know you kinda of came up with your own rankings then. So what's your what's your quarterback yeah. ranking? And we can kinda of talk about how I feel about that compared to this one. And we can go off of that. Absolutely. So I've got, I've got Mahomes one, Wilson two, and Rogers three, just like should be everyone that pays attention to football. Um, I have Drew Brees at four, and here's probably the hottest take: is I have Kyler Murray as five. I think what he did last year as a rookie just puts him at. I mean, he's up here throwing the almost the same, say you know, some similar stats to some of the people that ESPN has their top ranked as a rookie in one of the hardest divisions in football. So I have him fifth. I have our reigning MVP sixth. I've got Dak seven, Deshaun Watson, eight, 
Tom Brady nine, and I have Carson Wentz ten. Okay, so okay, so this is good. So the only so the one through ten difference, I guess you have is is you don't have Matthew Stafford in at all. Matthew Stafford, and then yep, I replaced I have Kyler Murray, and so and you have Kyler Murray ranked number five. So out of all the quarterbacks, so there's the top ten. He's he's fifth. He's fifth. So yeah. you think Murray's better than Lamar Jackson? Um, when you all right, so something I, I noticed looking at some advanced stats here, um, Lamar Jackson only had had bare, or let me see, let me get the the right number here because this is important. His his air yards were were awful compared to his actual yards, and I mean yards because you know you they look at passing yards like Jameis Winston led the league in passing yards. How much of that was actually him, and how much of that was his elite receivers? So you look at uh, our reigning MVP's air yardage and how long he's thrown in the air. That's it's one thousand eight hundred eighty-three, which sounds like a lot, but it's actually only eighteenth in the league. Um, he his interceptable passes. He threw fourteen interceptable passes, which is uh, pretty high for you know an MVP quarterback. His uh, what else did I see here? That was just uh, his. His accuracy rating was actually up from what, what you'd think it would be, but he attempted 401 attempts, which is 26, and only put up 300 and, or, or sorry, 3,127 yards, which is not even in the top 15 percentile of yardage. Where Kyler Murray, playing on on a di- on a on a worse team, threw the ball 542 times, but he put up. 3,722 yards, which is 15th in yardage, and was also 15th in air yardage as well. The The big thing right now that that a lot of people put Lamar over Kyler is because Lamar had 36 touchdowns, where uh, Kyler only had 20. But also Lamar, Lamar had the number three supporting cast in the NFL, and uh, Kyler had number 20. So there's a little difference there. For sure. I just... I love Kyler Murray, but I think after one year, only one year playing in the league to put him up at number five, I think, like you said, that's definitely a hot take. Like, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. maybe in a couple of years if maybe this kind of plays out that way. But just after just after one year, I think there's a lot to be out there. Honestly, I am surprised. So I know. So you seem, I mean, fairly high on Dak Prescott. And not as much. Yes. So you think Prescott is better than Carson Wentz? And yes, yes, I do. Whenever I, so <laughs> Dak Prescott to me is just very weird because I feel like he's a super talented quarterback, but he just can't win the big games. Yeah. And and I so that. to me, so especially like obviously he's compared a lot with Carson Wentz because they're in the same division. And you saw what Carson Wentz was able to do with literally people off the bench in the practice squad was able to put together that run, not only make the playoffs, but beat the Cowboys. The Cowboys, all they had to do was beat the Eagles and they were in and they couldn't do it. So Carson Wentz walked in there with practice squad players and beat Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. And so yes. the way that Wentz is able to My, elevate his players and play at a higher level than Dak, when Dak is, has Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, like he's not playing around with the average players. Like he's playing around with top 10 players. Yeah. Uh, my, my, the only problem with that is you got to look at uh, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl 
in that system with Doug Peterson. Then he went to Jacksonville, and he couldn't even win his job back from a six-round pick. And now Gardner's a good player, but, you know, if he, if he was actually playing at the level that that system put him to. So how much of Carson Wentz is he elevating his teammates, and how much is it Doug Peterson just being a magician calling plays? Where Jason, you know, where Jason Garrett could, you know, could only could only collapse. So that's a, that's a big difference. Why I I have let me throw some stats at you too that support that. Uh, Dak Prescott was actually second in passing yards with four thousand nine hundred and one passing yards. Air yards, he was actually he is still second, three thousand and ninety eight air yards. Um, fourth in passing touchdowns with ninety six. Kyler Murray had had at uh, thirty six. Or and I'm sorry, not Kyler Murray. Lamar Jackson had thirty six at the you know and he led the nfl so he's only six behind the leader his danger plays he's 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 mid midway through danger plays so he's uh average making danger plays um his true passer rating would be 98.6 true completion percentage is 72.1 which is 10th and 8th in the league respectively i mean he's just you look you look at the numbers and yes you've mentioned that he's got ezekiel elliott which we'll get to his ranking amari cooper and you know all these all these other players who are in, incredibly talented with him, and Carson Wentz wasn't playing with you know the most talented players. Like you said, he had some bench players, but he also, but he also had. I mean, he had Alshon Jeffrey for a good portion of the year, which you know Alshon Jeffrey was like fourth in the league in uh, in caught and catch catches without drops, and you know he had uh, JJ Arcia Whiteside, which is a good field stretcher. Yep, I mean, and Miles Sanders is going to be a stud. Just give him a few years. So not not the same level of competition, but there, you know, it wasn't like he was taking you and me and throwing him the ball. <laughs> True. So let me throw you let me let me throw you a different set out. So you mentioned all those statistics like that that Dak has, but who who are yes. those against? So just like the teams that he's putting up those numbers against, because. So the only win just last year, the only win the Cowboys had against a team with a winning record was week 15 against the LA Rams. And they just finished nine and seven. So it wasn't like they were that, you know, dominant of a team either. So Prescott threw eight touchdown passes and eight interceptions against eventual playoff teams. And then 22 touchdowns and three interceptions against non-playoff teams. So whenever he's playing teams that suck, he's just complete dominant against. Whenever he's playing teams that are playoff caliber, you know, 10-win teams, the teams that are actually in the playoffs that he's going to have to beat, he he plays a lot worse. So he's good. I mean, when you look at that, it's, you know, yeah. eight touchdowns I, I to 22 That's touchdowns, great. eight picks to three picks. Yeah. And then when you look just in his career, he's played 18 career games against teams that would finish with 10 plus wins, and his record is five and 13 against them. Yes. And then against the teams that eventually finish nine or fewer wins, so these are the teams that don't make the playoffs. He's 35 and 11. So to me, that says, I mean, yes, he's a good quarterback, but he's his best when he plays against crappy teams, and he's worse when he plays against the best teams. And so, to yeah. me, I just – I don't know how you can put him – I mean, I think he's a top-10 quarterback, yes, just because I do think he's talented and he does put up numbers. Um, but to rank him higher than – rank them higher than wins or Deshaun Watson even, I just – I I mean, <laughs> I think that's laughable just because of these statistics. He can't win – he can't win the games against the talented teams. 
Yeah. But all right, you got you got to remember if we're you know taking wins an account for this, you know, Tom Brady would be number one because Tom Brady's a born winner. I mean, I, you know, the, no, I mean, I see, I, I see what you're saying there, but it's it's just the fact that whenever you yeah. put his stats up against good teams versus his stats up against crappy teams, like it's like me playing against a bunch of third graders versus me playing with a bunch of twenty year olds. You know, like if I if I'm if I'm able to dominate the third grader doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to be able to dominate the people my age. And that's kind of what I see, you know, Dak yeah. is doing. Like, he's an NFL quarterback, but he's basically playing the – he's dominating the JV NFL teams, but win against the varsity NFL teams. And so when I think we're – when we're looking at, like, who's the best quarterback in the league and, and ranking them, it, that is something well, – I guess when I rank them, whenever I think, like, Man, who's the best quarterback, if you can't win against – double-digit win teams against playoff teams, then to me it's hard to put you that very high in my ranking system because you're not able to beat the teams that you need to win to get not only in the playoffs but to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, all the Super Bowl teams are obviously 10 or more win teams. And if you only win one of those games all season, yeah, you're not even going to be able to make it to the playoffs, let alone win the Super Bowl. And so now granted, I mean, I think maybe this season – maybe. The, for, I don't know, whatever. Maybe it was Jason Garrett's fault. Uh, I know a lot of Cowboys fans want to blame Jason Garrett. And I think head yeah, coaches it, are always just a scapegoat, just an easy scapegoat. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. There's a lot of blame to go on to Jason Garrett, but not, I mean, Dak's not going to go to playing from his, yeah. you know, and to, to top the three only, play just because Garrett's gone. So I def I, at this moment the only problem I have with your list is I definitely wouldn't put Dak Prescott high as seven. I um I wouldn't put Murray at all in the top ten just yet based off of just one season. And I agree with Deshaun Watson okay. being up higher. I think Deshaun Watson is one of the top five quarterbacks um, in the league. I do because if you look at at what the Texans really? have been able to do whenever he's on the field versus whenever he's not, it's just dramatically different. I think it was his like first year in the league when he came in. I mean, they won the division three years in a row, and that's because of Deshaun Watson. When he was when he got injured, I think it was his second season or his first season when he got injured. They were like two and one or like three and zero. Oh, I think yeah. to start off, and when he got injured, they went one and eight the rest of the season. So, I mean, that Deshaun Watson is a winner. He was a winner at Clemson when he beat Bama. Yeah. He was a winner in the NFL with the Texans, and he's just he's a hard baller. He's a tough player. And he can make magic happen, and he's tough, and he, he can win football games. And so I think he's definitely within the top five conversation. I I I I agree with that. The only the only problem I've got with that with uh, Watson is he can, you know Clemson. He's playing at Clemson with the one of the most elitist teams in college football the, the year that he beat Bama. Then he comes to to uh, the Texans. And he's got in the number 10 supporting cast this year, even though he's running for his life, he's got, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, who will get to his, you know, Kenny Stills, Will Fuller. So, and I mean, running backs, Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, which are both, you know, not, not top 10 by any means, but both decent running backs. So it's how much of it is, is uh, him actually elevating the people and how much of it is him just sliding into a position where an elite, you know, a good quarterback could look elite in it. The same, that's the same problem I have with Carson Wentz is when, is when quarterbacks, you know, can't come in and and uh, 
when they fit right into the the system and it doesn't move without them. Because like, look at the year Dak Prescott came into the league. Obviously, he had Zeke too, but he that that Cowboys team was drastically different than when they had Romo, and it was because of Dak. It wasn't it wasn't like connecting pieces around Dak, like like you could make the case for Watson. You know, you can make the case that uh, who was I just thinking of? Shoot, not Osweiler, but uh, they had a uh, shoot. I can't even think. I just lost it. But, uh, but yeah, my only – back to my case. The only problem with Watson is he, he, hasn't, he hasn't shown any progression since he went in the league. I think this is what – I think this is as good as he gets, and I don't think it's, you know, looking at some of these stats. He's just he, – he, he's definitely a top-10 quarterback, but I just don't – I don't see him – and his arm strong, you know, his arm good enough to make him. Yep, I think there's there's some good points there, but I think I think on all the reason why I'm not as high, I agree kind of with where you put where you put um, Jackson, where they put Jackson at number six, um, just because I think he he's shown a lot of progression. I think he was downright, obviously, hands down the MVP last year. I don't really think there's another person that could even make a case for it. Oh, yeah, so I have no, no problem with him winning MVP, but just because you win MVP doesn't mean you're, I mean, I mean when Matt Ryan won the MVP, we weren't talking about him being the best quarterback in the league. We weren't talking about him being any top five at all. No. And so just the fact that he had one good MVP season, yeah. I mean, he doesn't take away from that season that he did great, but it doesn't mean that he's top five um, in the conversation at all that there are quarterbacks better than him. And so, uh, and another thing, a big thing for me is he's 0-2 in the yes. playoffs. And so I'm just, I'm very big on can you win games against teams that you should win against? And then can you win games in the playoffs? Because I wouldn't want a quarterback, I wouldn't want a quarterback that can go 16-0 and in a regular season and not win me a playoff. I just, I'd rather go 10-6 and and then have playoff games or 12-4 and playoff games. Because I mean, at the end of the day, regular season just wins get you into the playoffs. But then you have to beat the playoff teams to get to the Super Bowl. And so, and I feel like Lamar Jackson right now is just a very dominant regular yeah. season player. But when it gets to the playoffs and, and the high stakes and the games on, he's so far right. So far, I'm not writing him off completely, but so far he hasn't been really shown that he's yeah. able to step up. Um, to that and overcome it. Now, granted, he still is young. He's just, you know, two years in the league, and so I'm expecting more progression, but I'm not going to be able to put him in a top five until he's able to show me a playoff win and success in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And something that I did when I analyzed Lamar, and, I mean, I did the same thing for Kyler and Aaron Rodgers, is when you take out their rushing stats and just look at their – their arm ability, Kyler, besides the touchdowns, nothing jumps off the page. 22nd in passing yards. Um, what, what else here? Uh, true completion percentage is middle of the pack. Play action comp- con- percentage, middle of the pack. Clean, even clean pocket percentage, middle of the pack. There's nothing, there's nothing, you know, jumping out saying he's even a top 10 quarterback from just his arm. Now you add on, you know, he's number one, number one in carries, number one in rushing number one in yards per game, number one in rushing touchdowns as a quarterback that, you know, that elevates him a little bit, but when you're looking at quarterback, you know, Tom Brady's not running the ball 30 times a game, but he's winning games. So I don't think that's a very important stat, you know, for sure. I think that, um, 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to go from there, I, I think that it just kind of depends on a lot of it is just kind of perspective, but a lot of it too, I think is, uh, especially coming from NFL execs, like the, 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 the quarterbacks that they're the most afraid to face and the ones that they struggle with the most, I think obviously helps elevate yeah. these players in their list. And and so I think obviously all these players, um, even Kyler Murray, I mean, I think Kyler Murray poses a bit bigger threat than Matthew Stafford. I mean, I can s- I can see kind of where they were with Matthew Stafford, um, but um, all right, because I, I am lost. Is it just? Yeah, I mean, must just I be the stats. stats. I think like uh, I think you could you could make an argument that Ben Roethlisberger might be able to slide into that tenth spot um, as well, just depending on things. And so, because it's not yeah. based off any like one season, it's kind of based off of the overall like their overall career and where they're at right now in their career, how much damage can they do? And so, yeah, but I think for, you know, for the most part, these are the top 10 quarterbacks. in the league. One, yeah. Yeah. One, one quarterback that I had an interesting, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know where he stands, but an interesting thing is how good is Tannehill going to be next season? You know, cause if Tannehill has another season, yeah, like he, he did this he year, for sure could. He could I think he's just going to, just going to dip it. I'm not completely sold on him. Uh, I'm just I'm very skeptic about no. basing someone's future, especially next season, over one good season they have when they haven't when when they've been in the league for so long. Like it, yeah, yeah. So like a, it's it's different when it's like yeah, on they've been successful here. in the past and they kind of went through a rocky stuff and then they had a really good season. But like Tannehill's been just average like his entire career, and so I mean that's. You know the standard. It was basically just yeah. Derrick Henry. I mean, if we're being if we're being honest, and, and Tannehill had to make some key throws, and he did. I mean, when they called on Tannehill to make the throws, he okay. was able to make them. But I feel like that kind of success is only able to last for so long. It was kind of like the Foles magic. Like whenever he was in and during the playoffs, it was like they were able to win and win and win. It was just like completely crazy. Yeah. And so I think that I think Tannehill could be very successful, but I'm not willing to bet money on it yeah no i agree i agree i just put in you know oh yeah how easy sure. it is to fall and in so, love and with even falling, after one year. fall in love with a running back which is what we'll talk talk about next so moving on to to running backs um so the list Perfect. that espn has just for people listening is saquon barkley at number one christian mccaffrey at number two ezekiel elliott at number three alvin kamara at number four <laughs> Derrick Henry at number five, Dalvin Cook at number six, Nick Chubb at seven, Joe Mixon at eight, Josh Jacobs at nine, and Le'Veon Bell at ten. So that's their list. So let me go ahead and get the list you came up with, your rankings real quick from me, and then we can go ahead and, and discuss it. All right. All right. So number one, I have Christian McCaffrey. Number two, I have Ezekiel Elliott. Number three, I've got Shaquan Barkley. Four, I have Cook. Five, I have Aaron Jones. Six is my man, Joe Mixon. Seven, Nick Chubb. Eight, Derrick Henry. Nine, Leonard Fournette. Oh, wow. Ten, Chris Carson. Okay. So we're looking at that. So, okay. Um, Very, very different. So let's see. So you don't have Bell at all. Very different. You don't have Josh Jacobs at all. 
And you don't have Alvin Kamara at all in your list. <laughs> yeah. Alvin Kamara is probably as I was looking, and he was the one that I today when I made my list, I put Kamara in just because of his, you know, his name. And then I actually went and looked at his stats. He didn't have a thousand yard season this year. He barely made it last year with and then and he didn't even have over six hundred, you know, if he's not gonna have a thousand yard season, he didn't even have that much of a great of a of a good receiving yards either. So I don't know what, how they could, you know, how they can rank him at number four without having any, you know, any of those. If it's if it's the the number four ranking was just because the executives so, fear him because it adds another dynamic. Yeah, so I team, think that's or because I was the same way. So I think the, what they're thinking of is just because he is kind of a double threat. He does run the ball very well, and he does rece- he is a receiver as well. And so I think because that is more more popular yes. in the league. That's kind of where yeah. the league is going. Um, when you have an athlete that's able to do both of those really well, I think that's going to make them higher just because they're two-dimensional. So it's not just like Derrick Henry where, you know, he's just going to run the ball downhill. And so you have to kind of count for him two ways. Um, like, yeah. And so I think because he's – because looking at the list they come up with, it looks like all of the two-dimensional backs are all one through four, basically. Or one through six. I mean, Dalvin Cook is a pretty two-dimensional back too, and he's at six. But um, yeah, I I I agree. Almost, I'm going to tackle almost. that head on because I already know you're itching for yeah. it, and, and I they forgot you, they so. forgot a very two-dimensional. Uh, so back I'll well. do that. Um, just uh, and so that's why I think they were going with Alan Kamara because I was thinking the same yeah, thing when sir. I was looking at his stats. Is like, man, he only had like 700 rushing yards last last season. So. And I was thinking, man, you know what it is? Because they used to have the tandem with Mark Ingram and then Alvin Kamara. And those two yeah. made a potent running attack, and they were able to go boom, boom, boom. And then Ezekiel – or not Ezekiel. Then Alvin Kamara was able to go on the backfield and catch the ball as well. But then whenever they didn't have him this last season, his production fell down. So part of the reason I, I kind of agree with you that he's he's less in there. I, I think he, he still might be top ten. Um, just lower end, the uh, lower on the lower end, but just because he he benefit he benefited greatly from the rushing attack of Mark Ingram and being compared sure. to him, and so because of that, now they just have Latavius Murray, which isn't obviously as dynamic as yes, Mark Ingram from sitting, and so it, his production yeah. fell off. So now I'm kind of like, man, his production's pretty much is basically kind of tied to Mark to Ingram. Ingram as well, and so yes. I think that he slides definitely back on this list. Yeah. And and one of the most and one of the interesting things that I was looking at these advanced stats is he actually faced less people in the box than all of my top ten running backs did, and he still didn't have a thousand yard season because the, the Saints stretched the field more, not really stretched field, but had more of a passing attack than a lot of these teams did. So it, it wouldn't allow as many people in the box because on average he faced five point five people in the box. Where you know most of my guys face six to seven people in the box, and he still didn't get a thousand yard season. So I, you know, and if I, if I'm going to call him a top ten running back, I think I'd want a workhorse back that's going to be able to sit there yeah. and get a thousand. Okay, right, so just to start off first, let's do your one through five. Is ever going to be that? So your one through five, I actually agree with, uh, except I would put Jones at number four and Cook at number five. Okay. Okay. So I, the reason I have Cook higher is because I, you know, 
being a little biased, I wanted to make sure Cook, you know, yeah, so Cook's I'll just give you my reasoning. So my reasoning is Jones. because, I mean, I Aaron Jones had 16 bit, touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. He was tied for first in the league. Um, Dalvin Cook had 13. So that's, I mean, right there, that's pretty successful season for a running back, period. I mean, 13 touchdowns and yeah. 16 touchdowns. But as well, um, Aaron Jones, I think, had a better receiving year. Yeah. And added three touchdowns um, and almost 500 receiving yards. And so – Yes. Yeah, and so he had 19 total touchdowns, which just is, yes. and let, is yes, insane. And, and, and looking at his and, stats, and like he just keeps getting – each year he's been in the league, he just keeps getting better. Touchdowns, absolutely. And so he went from – you know, he went from – in 2017, he went from 500 yards to um, yes. and four touchdowns to 700 yards and eight touchdowns in his next season. And this season he went from over 1,000 yards and 16 touchdowns. So he – I mean, he's just – the more touches he gets, the more he's been progressing. And so I think that's. Yes. I mean, he's just... Absolutely. And that's the, that's the key is the snap share. He's not even, not even top 10 running back snap share. He's only get, he's only in the, on the field 62% of the time too. And he's still averaging those insane numbers, which is amazing. 69 targets. So he's only 11th and targeted, but he's eighth in receiving yards. He, I mean, he's just dominating when he's out there. The, the Packers, you know, the Packers are actually playing at at a. Uh, they're, they're actually twenty nine. They're more likely to win the game by twenty nine percent when when uh, Aaron Jones is out there, which is you know huge. When because like the MVP, he uh, Lamar or Lamar Jackson, his plus minus or percentage to win was only thirty seven. Yeah, so I agree. Aaron Jones so I mean, I think you can definitely put Cook before Jones because Cook did have more rushing game, yards and more which receiving is insane yards. But I was looking at the overall like touchdowns. Like Aaron Jones is dominated the league with nineteen total touchdowns. And so to me, I mean but yeah, so other than that, like one through five I'm completely okay with. And then six through ten is definitely yeah. where I differ a little bit from you. Um I know you're big on Joe Mixon, but I just don't he doesn't have. Yeah, I think he underrated, but he definitely doesn't have the kind of stats oh that like Chubb God, most or Henry have. So that you have him at six above Chubb and Henry, I'm curious about. So go ahead and. Yeah. So, um, Chubb Chubb's a little outlier because Chubb's a little bit newer, but Henry's been in the year the same. You know. Henry has, you know, has broken off through the last like 13, maybe even 16 games, but has not been, you know, his, you know, career wise, uh, Joe Mixon came into the year and had a thousand yard season every year since he's been in the year in the league playing with the Bengals who uh, had the first round pick, which means they're not too great. Um, He's catching. He only had two drops this year on 35 receptions and he had uh, eight total touchdowns and he was injured and only got, 62% 62% of the snap share. So he's doing, he's doing amazing things that just aren't correlating to winning right now. And it's hard for a running back to correlate to winning. So I think, I think if Joe Mixon played for a team like the, like the uh, Buccaneers right now, or even if he played for a team like the bears, I think Joe Mixon would be a top five running back. In the yeah. I think, just, I definitely think Mixon be a struggles team from, uh, <laughs> to play Cincinnati. for, for sure. I just, yeah. Cause I know, obviously I know Chubb is, um, only yeah. what second year in the league, but Chubb Chubb has just gone off. Like he was right behind in leading rushing um, last yes. year, and I don't see him slowing down at all. So I would put Chubb before Mixon. I get what you're saying about Henry, but 
My thing is, is like the Titans' success yeah. anchored on Derrick Henry. You don't. I mean, I just think, I mean, if you see, I don't believe that at all. No. No. Derrick Henry was playing just as well last year in the last four games when they had that playoff push the last four games last year as he was this year, and Mariota couldn't make the throws. They replaced Mariota this year with Tannehill, and they make the playoffs. Derrick Henry's production from the last four games last year when they were trying to make the playoffs and lost to the Colts, I think it was, and got knocked out of the playoffs in the last game last year, and this year hadn't stopped. But they put in a quarterback that's a little bit more competent than Mariota, and they start winning games. So I, th- I think, I think it's a, it's a, I think it takes pressure yeah. off of Tannehill. Yeah, okay. So think, let me just give you this. I don't think uh, these statistics real Henry's quick. winning anything at this quarterback. Kind of show you kind of what I'm thinking. So let's just look year. at the just the playoffs. So the three playoff games last year. So against the Patriots, Tannehill just yeah. had 72 passing yards. Okay. And Derrick Henry had 182 rushing yards. And then against the and they won that game, obviously. And then against the Ravens, another win. Tannehill threw for just eighty-eight yards, while Henry rushed for one hundred and ninety-five yards. Yes. So in just two games, Henry had accumulated almost four hundred rushing yards, which would be double the amount of passing yards of Tannehill. And then, and then you look just, and then you look at their loss in the AFC Championship game to the Chiefs. Derek, yeah. they, they abandoned yeah, the run, I, and Derek Henry just had 69 rushing yards, and Tannehill had 209 passing yards. And so I think that was the, their success was obviously giving the ball to Henry and have him run and run and run. And then when they needed the throw here and there from Tannehill, he was able to make it. But when they got to the Chiefs and they needed to rely on Tannehill and pass the ball more and go away from the run, um, Tannehill just wasn't able to do it. So I feel like that was the, the shift was – run Henry, run Henry, run Henry, and then rely very little on Tannehill, just enough. And then whenever those positions switched, they weren't able to obviously win the game and they weren't able to have the same success. And so that's why I think that. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I get, I get, you know, and those are, those are very, you know, very confident statistics that show that Henry is, is a, is a big time player in the playoffs, but, uh, one thing that PFF did last year is they correlated how well your running back does, how well that mean, you know, to how likely you're going to do uh, win games, and correlated how well your quarterback is to how likely you're going to win games. And uh, they PFF found out that your running back could actually be ranked 29th and still win and still lead you to help help win games. But if your quarterback is under is playing under 15th in the league, the chance the chances that you're going to win the game actually go uh, is a is fifty percent less likely? So no, sorry. Running, I mean, I mean, I agree with that because the quarterback is the as, most important position. Quarterback play. I mean, that's the, like, like you're saying like with Mixon, oh, like ahead. he's a very dynamic running back, but running back, um, but you yeah. know, they're the whole offense saying hasn't been able to do very well, even though he's been able to be really successful. Um, and so, I mean, I think that goes point and kind of proves my point wrong. But at the same time, it's like looking at what the Titans' yeah. their game plan is they are successful when they just give the ball to Derrick Henry and don't rely on Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I, I understand what you're saying now. Yeah. So, so that, that, that does lead to, to, yeah. So they are winning games when they do that, but the, 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 
I'm trying to word this right here to, to make not sound um, so I can get my point across the, 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 or the chance. All right. So Henry can have a breakout game and if they are behind in, in the score, it won't matter. That's the reason that the chief, that they yep. abandoned the run when they were playing the chiefs is because the chiefs got out to a lead. And once you have a lead, your run game is pointless because it's feeding up too much clock for you to catch up. So that, so, you know, using that statistic that, you know, they abandoned the run and they lost to the chiefs. It also is, you know, when you're running, you have to have the lead. If they didn't score first in that Patriot game, then, then Tannehill would have thrown more and more passes. So it's just, it's a, it's a flawed strategy to rely on the run to, to win your games. I think, I think that might be what I'm, what I'm getting at more than just the success of the Titans is, is anchored to Tannehill. I think, uh, I think the, the Titans' failure is also in, is anchored to Henry just as much as their success is. I think uh, Tannehill is carrying less failure but more success with that. Maybe that's what I'm trying to, to, to think. Because I agree with you that they do better yeah. when Henry And so I guess in, in my mind, like, I, I mean, and, I, think uh, we're, I think we're both Ryan saying the same thing. 50 passes. Um, trying to prove two different points, but I think we're saying the same thing and we agree on the same thing. I think we're just kind of look at it a little yeah. bit, bit differently. Uh, and so, yeah. And so I think, yeah. uh, going on to your last yep. list, Fournette and Carson, um, Leonard Fournette, I think hmm. uh, Chris Carson, I, I wouldn't mind being put in the top 10. Chris Carson has been really, really good. And he was their first 1000 yard running back since Marshawn Lynch. And so, and actually yeah. the success of the Seahawks last year was built yes. very much on their run, I, on their rushing offense. Um, a crazy, a crazy stat I can throw out just that I'm thinking of was, um, so the games that their leading rusher, which wasn't always Carson, but for the most part it was until he got injured. So the games that their leading rusher had 90 yards or more, they won. And all of the games that their leading rusher had 80 yards or less, they lost. Yep. Yep. And so. Yeah, yeah. So and and the the Seahawks have been one of the few teams that actually relies on the rushing rushing yardage, which is why Russell Wilson has never won an MVP. I think if they let Russ throw the ball more, which he's capable of doing, he would be an MVP already. But they rely heavily. They, I mean, they even did it when they didn't have a running back when they were using you know, uh, Trey was it, what was his name, uh, or Robert Turbin. Yeah. And, you know, and the, the year after Marshawn left and they didn't really have a running back, they were still relying on that rushing offense. So that's, so that is, that is a team that. Yeah. That they're, and they're isn't that so weird that literally like no one questions Russell Wilson, game, the but they also have a top 10. You know, Some top even still say he's the best quarterback in the league and yet he's never received one MVP vote. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing to me. Yeah. When. Yeah. And and his name's and his name's always in there too, like because I mean even this year you know before Lamar Jackson you know because I was thinking you know Lamar Jackson was running around he was beating the Dolphins beating the Bengals beating the easy teams to beat and a lot of the media was crowning him early and I'm thinking this guy hasn't played you know this guy hasn't done anything with his arm to show me he's a quarterback he's just you know destroying people with his speed which is oh. fun to watch but not <laughs> and did he yeah he owned them and then uh, and then Lamar had that game against the Rams I think it was on a Thursday and he just completely destroyed them. And that's, and that's when he won the MVP. But Russell Wilson was the leading MVP voter going into that. 
And then once that happened, Russell Wilson just completely obliterated from the MVP vote. So yeah, but, I feel bad for Russell yeah, being trapped up there. Crazy stuff. In Seattle where they but just anyway, disrespect and him. So and just disrespect to, him. one more. So they have Josh Jacobs and Le'Veon Bell there at 9 and 10. Now, I love Josh yeah. Jacobs. I love Josh Jacobs, but I don't think he's a top 10 running back just yet. I mean, I just after one year. But I think you give him two or three years, I think we'll definitely be be talking about him because he was dynamic. And putting Le'Veon Bell there in the top 10 is just a joke. Like, I mean, after taking a year off and then coming back with the Jets, like he had his worst season ever. Absolutely. Barely. He had 789 rushing yards and only three touchdowns. Like, it it was something like that. Something something stupid. And even – didn't leave you on skip a game to go yeah. bowling with his family. Yeah, I mean, and then yeah, and I'm just like that's what I'm talking about. Like they're looking yeah, at wins, like they're looking that, at him just, just for this career for the Steelers, which he was the top ones. five, arguably. Um, and then carrying that over to, you know, two years later, and it's like guys, you can't do that. Like yeah. I'm literally zero percent afraid of facing Le'Veon Bell. Right, so it's yeah, just yeah. I mean, it, it, with that yeah, logic, uh, you know, Larry silly, Fitzgerald should but... be your number one receiver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I'm glad. I'm glad you on there. When yeah, I wrote down so Bell, that was I had pretty no ridiculous. But emojis. I think all the other ones are pretty good takes. Like, I just couldn't believe it. I'm glad to you put them in top ten. Yep. I think I, I you know, I don't think there's too much difference between Josh Jacobs and Leonard Fournette besides the touchdown difference. Because Leonard Fournette had he almost had uh he had over a thousand yards, which is six in the league, and but he only had three touchdowns because he only had he only had what let me see, hold on. He only had five goal line carries. So they're 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 using him as a workhorse and then not put letting him push it in, where Josh Jacobs is basically, you know, of course they're not putting the game in Carr's hands, so they're giving it to Jacobs for these garbage time and and they're, you know, when they're getting stomped, they're just letting him destroy the game as a running back. So I think Leonard Fournette and Josh yeah, Jacobs are pretty yeah, similar. Yeah, I know. Just we're just kind of living in the I moment. I guess that's what I they think. look at when they put Josh Jacobs um, there. Because I think that's why they put Barkley at first uh, as number one as well. Yeah, so. But. Which is, yeah, anyway, I, I completely forgot about that. Let's move on to uh, the wide receiver group then. I think this yeah. is, I think this is the most probably that you could – be right in a lot of different ways with their rankings with 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 the wide receivers because there are so many talented oh, man, and had, dynamic wide receivers so I, I think had. it just depends. Um so let's go ahead. Yeah, I think yeah. I think you can make I think you make a case for almost any any team's number one wide receiver to, to be in, in this tenth spot or be be at least in the top ten. So pick, you know, picking picking just ten of them is is a very challenging and a, you know a lot a lot of yeah. lot of for sure. So just in, um, let's know, go ahead <coughs> with sorry. teams in the I'll give you the list. So for everyone listening, the list that ESPN There's has so many is good. Julio Jones at number one, Michael Thomas at two, DeAndre Hopkins at three, Odell Beckham Jr. at four, Tyreek Hill at five, Mike Evans at six, Devontae Adams at seven, Keenan Allen at eight. Chris Godwin at nine and Amari Cooper at 10. So there's definitely, <laughs> I think this is probably the most fun where you could probably just take, pick this apart um, and kind of what to talk about. Um, so go ahead and give me your list of the receivers that you have. And we can go ahead and. Yeah. 
All right. So I put I've got Julio one. I think that's probably something they did really well. I don't think there's a lot that's telling me that Julio's not the number one wide receiver. Then I've got Adams two, Hopkins three, Tyreek Hill four, Michael Thomas five, Chris Godwin six, Mike Evans wow. seven, okay. Keenan cool. Allen eight, Devontae so, Parker nine, and Amari Cooper ten. Let's go ahead and take a look here. Jones, Adams, Hopkins. Okay, so let's go ahead. Yeah, so Jones, Hopkins, I think, are obviously top three. Especially you put Michael Thomas at five. So, I mean, Devontae Adams, I think, is very underrated. You have a yeah. number two. Go ahead and address that. Five. Yes. All right, so that, I mean, he's obviously top three. I put him number two because he's my favorite player in the league right now. So he, he, he might be a little lower. I got a little bit biased there, but um, he's, uh, there's that stat going around where he's the only player since 2016 to have 40 plus touchdowns and 4,000 yards. Uh, so that, you know, that's pretty amazing. And a lot of it, you know, a lot of it, they're tied, you know, the same people that want to put Rogers in the bottom tier of quarterback top, you know, in the bottom tier of the top 10 quarterbacks are the same people that credit Devonte Adams with having a top 10 quarterback. So it's just kind of funny because Adam's best year actually came with Brett Hundley, who is right now out of the league. So uh, to say that he is a product of his quarterback is kind of laughable. He is on in 16 games. He was uh, 12th in receptions while he only had 127 targets, which isn't high. His um, snap share, he only played. He only uh, only only was out there for 86.2% of, of plays, but he still had let me see where's his yardage. It's still had a, a true catch rate of eighty point six percent, which is um, crazy high compared to some of these players that they have in their top ten. Um, reception yards—he almost had a thousand yards, with still being out. Like he only played twelve games, and he almost had a thousand yards, and and um, only in the snap share for eighty-six percent, which isn't high for a number one receiver. Only eighty-three receptions for nine hundred. And 97 yards and five total touchdowns. So I, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I think. His down year, I think yeah, he, I mean, uh, still Devontae Adams. I love, I love Devontae Adams. So I think he's very underrated. Um, I'm just curious to why you have Thomas so low at number five. <laughs> so, yeah. So Thomas is a catching machine. But when you look past that, you know, his. Um, his quarterback rating is in the hundred percentile. So, which means that he is actually getting thrown passes that, that number three wide receivers should be able to catch his, his yardage. Here's the, the most uh, damaging his yards per route is actually only three yards per route, which is third smallest in the NFL. If you're a number one wide receiver and you're only running three yards out and then catching the ball, you know, you're not even going to make, you're not even going to make a first down in three plays. So it, a lot of it got a true catch rate of 94.9%, but that can be bloated by the fact that he's only going three yards out per route. So he, as he is just an elite, you know, black hole, where he's going to catch everything you throw to him. Yeah. So I guess he, my only rebuttal then, uh, if, he, I mean, if he's, he's running, running, running those short routes, routes though, he, he led curls. the league with 1,725 receiving yards. He also had 186 targets, so he's getting targeted um, twice. I mean, twice as much as Devonte Adams was, and Devonte Adams had almost a thousand yards. 
So, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're throwing, when you're throwing the ball to them that many times, you're going to get bloated stats. I still think yeah, he's so top five, but I just, going on, I just don't Tyreek see all the, the I think in the top to five game. receiver. I think hit the, when he's gone from just a returner to his receiver, that progression that he's been able to make, I think has been um, just absolutely incredible. And is obviously one of the reasons why the chiefs are so good. Uh, it's because Tyreek Hill, but another thing too, though, I think is, is even without Tyreek Hill, they were still able to win, win games. He missed the first four to five games last season and they were still able to win. So it's nice that um, he's not their only piece needed to win, but he definitely, definitely helps. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yep. And you look, you know, you look at all these these quarterback or the wide receivers. A lot of them, we you know, we listed their wide receiver in there, in the or their quarterback in the quarterback thing. So there is some correlation with having a good wide receiver equals a good quarterback compared to some of them that we'll get to down the list. That you know, yeah, for sure. So I love how you have Godwin and Evans the right there, 10, both and they're still making both the list. over a thousand yards receiving last year, and that was with Jimmis Winston who was throwing to the other team half the time. Uh, so with Brady, I think they should be able to e- equal those stats if they stay healthy um, over the season. Although yes. he might give Gronk a little bit more love, who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but, but <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But uh, the ninety-five I, Allen there. I think Keenan Allen, besides Devonta Adams, is another one of those most underrated receivers. Um, yeah. Honestly, his his route running is just nasty. Like he is just. Yes. Absolutely. And the same, the same thing with Devontae Adams. That's, you know, something that statistics won't show is, you know, these guys are getting uh, separation, which Devontae or Keenan Allen is actually number one in separation. And uh, Devontae Adams. I mean, is Keenan Allen, man, those, I just route. could watch his videos so that's, that's, all that's day. Like those are just that nasty. How, you know, and he gets been the, the problem with him is he's been dealing with the uh, end of career Philip Rivers for so long. Yes. And so, and he still yeah, had over so, a thousand receiving yards this year. He was number yeah, five. I, I love Keenan with, Allen, uh, so top ten wide receiver for sure. And then I love how you have Devontae Parker here. I no one, no one ever talks about Devontae Parker. No, yeah, Devontae Parker was actually fourth in receiving yards last year with. Josh like I, and, I agree. Uh, like hands down, like I, I, think, I think the problem is he's on the Dolphins. And so I think, I think that's what a lot of it is. Is just a, a lot of it. Oh man, that train's loud. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of it comes with just. Like, if you're not on a, if you're not on a good, if you're not on a yeah. winning team, you don't get looked at as much. And that's how that's how sports media unfortunately works. And so that's obviously why he wasn't on I their agree. list because he's against the Dolphins. Zero percent of people are afraid to face the Dolphins. And so, and so he does. He definitely doesn't get the respect that he deserves. So I love that you put him on here. I would put him on here too. Yeah. And then um, Amari Cooper, though, I would not put on this list. I would. I would. Yeah. So Amari Cooper was a last-minute ad. I was trying to trying to find out, you know, I well, because Amari Cooper had that that year where he dropped everything thrown to him. And I was just like, man, this guy cannot make the list. And he looked at it, and 
thousand uh, yard receiver, number seven in receiving yards, a true catch rate of seventy nine point eight, uh, a catchability target of eighty two point three. The the drops he's gotten down to eight now, which you know I, mean, I didn't list the other receivers drops. That sounds like a lot. That you know it's not not that not that many. Um, he was fifteenth in receptions, uh, one hundred and twenty one yard yards after the carry. Eight total touchdowns. The man did the that that Cowboys offense was actually booming last year with Jason yeah. Garrett. I can't so wait to see I would I would I would replace player. Amari Cooper uh, with Kenny Galladay from the Lions, actually. Coach. Yeah. And and so the reason why uh, I'll show you. So it's like I said. So Amari Cooper stats last year. Okay. He had seventy nine right, yep. receptions, one thousand one hundred eighty nine yards, average fifteen yards um, a catch, eight touchdowns. Longest was a fifty three. Kenny Galladay. Yeah had 65 receptions and had 1,190 yards. He yes. averaged 18 and a half yards per catch, 11 touchdowns, and his longest was 75. But I think the biggest kicker is Kenny Dolliday was playing with a trash quarterback. So Kenny Dolliday was, I mean, he was playing with the backups and the backups. So, and he was still able, I mean, yes. he was still able. So we're, so we're saying that Amari Cooper was with a top 10 quarterback. No, and Kenny Dolliday wasn't. And Kenny Dolliday was yeah. still able to have a better season than Amari Cooper was. And so I just feel yeah. like if you have a top two wide receiver with a top team quarterback, those stats definitely should be higher than another receiver that's not considered top 10 with a quarterback that's not even top 30. Yeah. And so, and one thing that just really upsets me about Amari Cooper is so he, the game against the New England yeah. Patriots, he didn't I, record a single catch. And he took himself out of the game. And so it wasn't like the coach took him out. Yes. It's he took himself out and basically just quit on his team. And yeah. I I have zero room for that. Like zero like you quit on you quit on yourself, you quit on your team, and you left yeah. him out there. Yep. And so I, he's I, obviously I the number one that. receiver that is- for that team. And yeah, I've got Well, obviously, but I'm talking about right now. Like, you know, I mean, CeeDee Lamb's going to go freaking well, off. Give, like, I'm give, give so CD stoked to watch CD. Um, I know, I'm just, but yeah, when yeah, we're doing yeah. this, you know, just, one through ten, um, I definitely – Yeah. Kenny Dolliday yes, has better stats than Amari Cooper with a very, very different quarterback. And he's a baller. He's a player. He doesn't quit on himself or his team. And so I just – I took – as soon as I yeah. saw that list, even before I immediately was through – Amari Cooper out, and I was like, dude, Kenny Dolly yeah. is another one yeah. of those underappreciated guys, and no one else wants to give him love, but I'm going to give him love. So, <laughs> and so here on All Things yes, Football, I, we I, give I guys love, and Kenny no Galladay gets Galladay the love from us today. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed yes. you didn't have him at all. Yes. One of, one of the wide receivers I've seen on the list. That I <laughs> well, Julian Edelman led the league. Odell Beckham? No, well, he led the league in drops. <coughs> but tied with, uh, he tied with Odell Beckham then, because he led the league in drops with eleven of them. So I mean, so you're you're not gonna get, you know, you're not a top ten quarterback if you're dropping the balls that you're, or top ten wide receiver. Sorry, if you're dropping the balls that your quarterback's throwing to you. Granted, you know his team yeah. didn't have a great. So season, yeah, so I think I well I think I'm, I'm not you know I'm not Odell putting Beckham him on here. He's number one in drops. Of, I mean, he's just. That one catch he made that Sunday night game against the the Cowboys is, I mean, is it, it is phenomenal. Like that's like the what everybody 
everybody sees and everybody thinks of when they think Phenomenal. of him and that awesome catch. But other than that, like he really hasn't been able to to produce in the one playoff game he produced, and he did absolutely nothing. He dropped a touchdown catch. And, no. And and so yeah, so I I mean I think whenever he like he's talented, oh, I think he's the definitely the there the to be a top number, receiver. Yeah. But I I wouldn't I'm not upset that he he's not on the list. Um. <coughs> yes, and kind of like Amari Cooper. Remember, he was he quit on himself. He's throwing a fit with that that net. You know, he's more about his his image than playing the the the, 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 the yeah, game. So, so that's think, another player that you know. That's just more, rough you know, to have. Might hurt your team more than hopefully. Him, I mean, he he was injured last year. He said with like a um, what was it, a hernia, hamstring injury, or whatever. But he got that fixed. So. Says he's ready to rock and roll. So if him and Baker can get on the same page, I think they could do some damage. But yeah. Um, but yeah, to put him up there at number four, I think is very generous. Oh, uh, absolutely, he's, he's a very executive. Just... But all right, well, let's move on to the people that have to guard yeah. these top ten wide receivers. Then with the top ten yeah. cornerbacks. So I think having a cornerback, a very good cornerback, is something that's very important for any team to be successful, especially going up against these teams with dynamic wide receivers as well as quarterbacks. Um, and so I think this is – Oh, absolutely. I'm glad you suggested to do this position. We can go ahead and go over and give some cornerback love. Uh, so the NFL executive, according to the ESPN list, are Stephon Gilmore at number one, Jalen Ramsey at number two, Tredavious White at three, Darius Slay at four, Marshawn Lattimore at five, Marlon Humphrey at six, Patrick Peterson at seven, Marcus Peters at eight, and Xavier Howard at nine, and Byron Jones at 10. So a lot of questionable placement here. What did you have on your list compared to this one? Yeah. All right, so I had Jalen Ramsey, number one. Stephon Gilmore, number two, and Tredavious White, number three. Then I put Marlon Humphreys, four. Jahir Alexander, five. Marshawn Lattimore, six. Patrick Peterson, seven. Uh, big play, Darius Slay, number eight. Okay. Marcus Peters, number interesting. nine. Interesting. Hayward, number okay, 10. so you have Ramsey at number one then. And then you completely left out, let's see. So we don't – Xavier Howard and yes. Byron Jones. Xavier and, Howard and Byron Jones. Okay, so um, one through three, I would I would move those around. I go I would go with Tre'Davious White, Stephon Gilmore, and then Jalen Ramsey. One through three, but I think top three for sure. I'm curious to why you have I, okay. Ramsey as number yeah, one though those, compared those to Gilmore top three, White. Though. Um, even though Ramsey had an off year, you know, dealing with all that, that, uh, the, well, the, I want to leave the, the Jaguars. I don't know if I want to play football right now, all that stuff. He, he, he was still, still, I mean, still a top three wide receiver. And I think based on what he's done in the past and, you know, you take all the drama out of his game. And I think he is the best wide cornerback in the league. I, I mean, there's very few players that can lock down a full, full, ha- you know, side of the field in man coverage. You know, Darrell Revis locked down this full side of the field in zone coverage, but Jalen Ramsey is a man receiver that you don't even throw that side of the field, but, he, but he's playing man. It's just an incredible, 
Incre- incredible uh, skill level to have that. Uh, Tredavious White I, um, is a stud, and I could see putting him three, and or see putting him number one. Even I mean, even Gilmore, mm-hmm. I would, I would, I wouldn't be opposed to putting any of them number one. I think Gilmore just benefits a lot more from Belichick, and uh, that the Patriots, I mean, defense was like historical going in, going, uh, coming out of that season. They, you know, so you know, it's a lot easier to be great when your whole defense is being great where, you know, so the, maybe that's, maybe that's more of a notch to Davis white where that, you know, none his defense wasn't really on an elite level as the same elite level that Tredavious white was, but Jalen Ramsey and Stephon Gilmore had more of that pushback. I, I mean, I, I, I'm no, I'm for sure. I think just something to just, put into perspective of, of how good the Bills Jaylen defense was, I think it'd be a top five defense this year. So the Patriots who would have the number one defense allowed just 225 points last year. And the Bills only allowed 259. So there's yeah. only like 30 points difference that that the Bills allowed. And so I think obviously Tredavious White gets even better as well as the overall defense. And yeah. so yeah, so I get real quick just a question about Ramsey. Do you think he was worth two first rounders in for the Absolutely. Rams? Okay, good. I, I I don't agree either. I think maybe one first I think a first rounder you could argue. Just one, absolutely not. But to give up two, I think I think there are very few, yeah. very very few people players in the league that yeah. are worth two and first he, rounders, and Jalen Ramsey yeah. definitely isn't one of them. I think his skill level is probably two yeah. first rounders, but so, all the drama. That I think that sets back with Jalen um, Ramsey, Ramsey a couple years, but that's a that's a topic for another day. Um, and so let's see. So then you go with Marlon Humphrey at four. Yeah. And then your Green Bay Packers, Jerry Alexandra at number yep, five. Yep. So let's go ahead and talk about those fourth and fifths. What made you? Yes. So uh, Marlon Humphreys actually played better when he didn't have Marcus Peters, which is a weird stat because you fit, you know, but uh, Marlon Humphreys is just everywhere on the field at the, at the same time. Here, let me look. I had the stat. It, my phone kind of janked out on me, so I don't have it anymore. But I think he he had covered the most ground in zone coverage and man coverage than any cornerback in the league. So he's just an, you know an, an elite field cover. And then of course Jahir Alexander had the most pass breakups of any rookie, and led the league in pass breakups this year. So I I mean, and when you get a nod, Bill Belichick even said that this guy is a top three cornerback in the league when he, when we played them. His, his rookie year. So I think it's just, pheno- you know, a phenomenal <laughs> nod to Jahir. Even better. There we go. Yeah, that's good. So, you know, of course, uh, Marshall too, Lattimore, so finally found they had our number five, number, one had our number six. I think that's pretty generous. Um, yeah, I don't think he's, I th- I think he's top 10, but I yeah. don't think he's necessarily oh, really? up to top five. I think Patrick Peterson definitely has been a good quarterback for a long time, but like his production sure. lately, Hasn't been the same. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give you that. One one thing that hurt Patrick Peterson is not a lot of people know is he had to sit out like yep. five or six games last year because of uh, uh, PED expulsion. So the, the fact that you know that that Cardinals defense was getting roasted, a lot of people dropped Patrick Peterson. I, yeah, I think I think he still is up there, but his speed is and his yeah, speed and his skill is slowly d- declining. I think they had they had uh, Darius Slay at number four. Did you say? Which is 
which is amazing to me. I mean, I love Darius Slay. One of the few lines yeah, that's I actually pretty, like now, of course, he's That's Eagle. pretty high. But uh, um, I like the Marcus number four is a lot. I think he's head. a good, solid corner. I'm really curious to why they have two Dolphins on here, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Um, of course, I mean, there's coming over from yeah. different teams, but um, and yes. So yeah, I uh, yeah. I was confused by that um, just because. I don't think any of them really stood out with their former teams at all. Yeah, I, I agree. I I, I, <sighs> I can't remember. I know. No. Byron well, Jones was the Howard Cowboy, was though. The I know that for Dolphins sure. Last year, wasn't he? And so, yeah, it came over. I, I so I don't, was, I don't mind I, Hayward up here being at yes, top, in the yes. top ten that you they put. Paid big money too. Um, I think that's. Yeah, I think Hayward's probably like the Keenan Allen of the quarterbacks. Just, you know, an incredible, incredible cornerback that's just not talked about because he doesn't he doesn't make the the interception play. He's just there, you know, not letting them get the first down, knocking the ball out of the air. Just a just a do it all, but no big play type of guy. And, And you don't need a big play to stand out in my book. You know, he's top 10 without, you know. He's never led the league in interceptions. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think I mean, but he's yet he's still just uh, your you know, your personal success as a cornerback doesn't all rate to your overall success as a defense. Like if you if you do your job, you can control that the people on the other field don't do their job. And so yeah. I think that that's something too that happens whenever you have these cornerback rankings. Is yes. it kind of goes like, well, how good is their defense? Like. Like they have Byron or like Xavier Howard up here, but like the Dolphins got wrecked all last season, and it's like, well, you got to look at just the just the just the player and his stats, not the overall defensive stats. Yeah, he do his job, and lot you know, and so I think sometimes that's where people just normal yes, people yes. think that when they see someone ranked so high or so low, they're like, well, that's not right. Like their defense was so good last year, their defense was horrible last year. It's like, well, you got to look at the at the athlete, his statistics, how much. You know, how many catches did he allow? How many yards yeah. did he allow? How many inceptions did he have? And based off of that, because it's just – it's not overall defense, right? It's just the, it's just the player. Um, but I think that's something that hurts, like, Hayward. And I think that's something that yeah. hurts some of these other cornerbacks in the league is they're just yep, – unfortunately, yeah. their, their defense as a whole is not very good. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And I think there's – Honestly, I think there's a lot more uh, young cornerbacks that are kind of coming up to take this. You know, like I think Desmond King, give him two years, he'll be he'll be in the top ten. Um, I think this new Lions cornerback Jeff Akuda is going to be good. I think there's a uh, shoot. He's a he was a rookie last year. Played for Denver. No, not Denver. Maybe shoot. Who am I thinking of? I'll have to look it up here. But I mean, there's a, there's a lot of young cornerbacks coming in to replace some of these old guys. Yep. That are, so I agree. That are so there's like what incredible AJ Terrell, I got drafted to in, in the NFL. Um, you said Jeff Okuda, CJ Henderson. Yeah. So. Um. So yeah. yeah so there's a lot of young talent coming. CJ Henderson to maybe knock some of these guys out, but I think that. I think on defense, I think the most important position is a pass rusher and then a cornerback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I go pass rusher just because you can have. Oh, really? So I think I think quarterback's if, probably the most important. 
I, I feel that way just because if you have like just an average cornerback, but if you have good at pass rush, then if you force the quarterback to make errant throws, not as precise throws, then it's then it's easier for the quarterback to defend. Whereas if you have you know no pass rush, then yeah, it's, your, I, I, it's harder I, I, to I, stay yeah. covered for longer. And so, and that's just yeah. that's just you know no matter how good of a cornerback you are, the longer time the quarterback's running around, it gives yes. more opportunity yes, for I, the receiver to run around, and it's harder to stay on him for that long. So. Yeah. The faster the quarterback has to get the ball out, the easier it is to stay on your guy and, and make sure he's locked down and covered. And so, but that's kind of where I come from that. But yes, we got. Yeah, you know, I, I do. I do agree with that. That makes more, you know. Yeah, that, that, that does, you know, like Kyle Fuller from the Bears is looked at as a, as a, a, a top, you know, I'm surprised he didn't make this list. Honestly, a lot of people are, you know, crowning him, but it's a lot easier when you have, you know, uh, Eddie Goldman and Cleo Mack screaming yeah. at the quarterback yeah, no, every play. Sure. So, you know, it's but a lot anyways, easier to so cover. That pretty the, much wraps the up the lists um, that yeah. we were able. To do. So that was pretty. That was a pretty long list went over, but I think that was good Perfect. discussion um, back and forth, and so. Go and go. Yeah. Just go and review then. So the number one, the number one people you have on your list, um, just to verify to see, is Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, Jones, and Ramsey. And I would go three for four on that with you. So I agree with Mahomes, CMC, and Jones. They yeah. differ a little bit with the quarterback yeah. position, but well, I think that's yeah. I went with White. Yeah, I okay. like. And your, cor- your like number one cornerback. I mean, is, I, I mean uh, you could. I mean, White? you can argue Gilmore and okay. Ramsey. I think Gilmore gets. I mean, Gilmore's good. But I think he gets a little bit more love just because I, of I, Belichick I, and the Patriots. White is a good one. Um, yeah. And so, like I said, the media. It's it's easier when you're on a good I, I team with a good coach with to get to get recognized. So. Yeah. So. But yeah, so I agree with yeah. you on that. Yeah, with sports, a lot of those things and just overall. Uh, I think this list, a lot of this was was just whack, and so I think they definitely. I really don't know what they were going for, to be completely honest, on some of these yeah. positions they went for. I yeah, <laughs> I don't know who yeah, they're pulling, but know. well, hey, Chase, you know, they must be pulling the people who draft for like the Raiders or something. Um, we'll definitely know. have to do this again. I definitely enjoy talking with you and listening to your insights. Um, But that's all for this segment of Football Talk, and we'll catch you guys next time on all things. Absolutely.